This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I'm Glenn Geek from Bacala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July the 26th, episode 1982. This episode is brought to you by The Shaken Fork. Good morning, horse world. I am a manly man who lives a manly life in my manly house with my manly wife. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, today is normally the Horse Husbands episode. We do the fourth Thursday of every month. And Joseph is normally with me, but he is in quite a situation up there in the Northwest. There, uh, If you remember correctly, he talked about buying a new property, he calls it the Sawmill, and he put his farm up for sale, and they're going to move to the Sawmill. Well, he is protecting the Sawmill right now. There is a fire, uh, forest fire, that is heading his way, really too close for comfort. Matter of fact, they're using the pond on his land to refill the helicopters for the fire, which is kind of ironic because he, for many, many, many years, fought fires as a helicopter pilot. So um, he was watching them take water out of his pond, but for obvious reasons and wanting to stay up there and help uh, if he can keep his building safe if the fire goes through, uh, he will not be with us today. So we're bringing you a best of episode. I'm going back to July 26th of 2017 for a roundtable of horse husbands that Joseph and I had then. We hope you enjoy this. We'll be back with a new episode next month, and uh, we, we are saying, our prayers for for Joseph and Diane that they uh, their stay safe that the fire that they get the fire under control and it not make it as far as their property. So uh, everybody, keep your thoughts and prayers with uh, Joseph and Diane. Jamie will be back tomorrow, so get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for really bad ads. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow morning here on Horses in the Morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern. This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Joseph Berto from White City, Oregon. You are listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 27th, episode 1748. Brought to you today by the Shaken Fork and the Flexion Fork. I am a manly man who lives a manly life 
In my manly house With my manly wife And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Horse Husbands episode, and I'm talking to all you guys out there, because as the women know, there are no ladies allowed. You're not even allowed to listen to this episode, so if you've gotten this far, please turn it off. This is a guys-only zone. Well, I, I have Joseph with me today, and of course, he is from Shake and Fork and Flex and Fork, been on the show several times before, and Timothy is out, so thank you for filling in. Hi, Glenn. Well, I appreciate being here again, and uh, thank Timothy for allowing me to fill in for him. Timothy's out. Uh, apparently, his uh, new job has him very busy, and I know Elisa, his wife, has been very busy with the horses and showing. So I knew that over the summer times, Timothy was going was gonna to be an issue. So we'll, we'll, we'll truck on without him, but we'll miss him. We're, yes, and we'll soldier on as best we can. Today, we have a great panel to discuss some questions submitted by Curious Horsewives on a wide range of topics. We've been kind of like liking to do these panels and getting three or four of us together, horse husbands, to answer some questions from the ladies. And uh, the overwhelming question I got was from the single horse ladies asking, how do we find a horse husband? And ladies, we're going to address, <laughs> Joseph and I will help you with that right now. We can't help you with that one. I'm sorry, that's. Uh, you're on your own for that one. Uh, um, I don't know that. I don't know that matchmaking is going to work very well because uh, pretty much you're going to be talking to each other. So. <laughs> yeah, I think the old thing about you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find the prince that probably applies here. Yeah, and I think the problem is that they've all kissed a lot of frogs and they haven't found the prince. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I recommend? I recommend going to Renaissance fairs. That's where I met my wife. I was wearing a dress and tights, and apparently she liked that. Uh, where'd you meet yours? Uh, well, I met mine in high school and and had the happy uh, occurrence twenty years later of of meeting her again. And she had horses even back in high school. She owned her own ranch. Well, she was even the horse at girl. Tender... Yeah, yeah, even at 14 years old, I remembered and I admired that. And and 20 years later, when I, I met her, she took me back to the same ranch. And it was the way that she cared for her horses. I just could not believe that. that and, you know, we go into this further, but uh, the empathy and everything that she had for an animal. And I thought, wow, if she's got that much for a horse, there's got to be some of that, you know, there for me. Uh, when in fact, uh, there is, but it's second. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The, the thing I was going to mention, and you've said this several times on the show, um, if a woman is looking for a horse husband, she needs to find a man that has that equally strong passion about another subject. And I have found, in my case, I'm a pilot, and I found other aviators, Jamie's husband as yeah, well, that, that have something that is, is very, very at the forefront of what they love to do in it. And it kind of allows some room for the, the horsewoman in their life to be able to do their thing, but also not threaten, you know, who they are and, and validate their love of having something else. So I'd say get to know a pilot. I think it was Avery that said, but I, uh, you know, I have like four horses already and I just don't have time. Well, that's another one I can't help you with, Avery. 
No, uh, no, can't, can't fix that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Only four? <laughs> you know, usually, though, usually when, when the young guy meets the young 20-something, she has one or two, right? Uh, I yeah. think Jennifer yeah. had 10 at the farm when I came into the picture. So immediately there was a lot of stall cleaning. I didn't, I didn't have a shaken fork or a flexing fork back then. So Yeah, you don't get to... to um, see the the full Monty, so to speak, until you get to know your your horse um, involved person a little bit better. Because usually it's a little more involved that you think. But once again, in my case, if somebody's so passionate about something and still single twenty years later, you can pretty much figure that that's going to be the driving force in, in our relationship. That's amazing, though. You hear about that sometimes where people from high school meet each other later. Usually there's a couple divorces involved before they do that. And yeah. then they get to back together. And that's kind of cool. <laughs> like it was meant Yeah, to be. she was great to me in high school. And, and I always had that, you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling for her. And it was wonderful to be able to reconnect so many years later. And especially over something that was as, as desirable as horses. I mean, I love the fact that my wife... Uh, has horses and that it's such a, a, a big part of her life. And, and there are, I can tell you from personal experience, there are men that are out there. You're just going to have to fall in love with your brain instead of your eyes. Very good point. Very good point. <laughs> we'll let yeah, them decide the, what that means. <laughs> well, it means that we're not the fanciest, flashiest guy. No. You know, the, <laughs> the person that's going to appreciate a, a horsewoman is is not going to be the you know the uh, the movie star. Or, you know, the ten on a ten scale. It's it's going to be just your steady idiot. Are you there. saying they have to? They're settling for us. Is that what you're saying? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> On that note, let's <laughs> nothing break. like Nothing like marrying above your class, right? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I wanted to mention real quick before we bring our uh, panel on here today, uh, I am still using my Flex and Fork. was out there today cleaning the paddocks. It's still going strong after all these years. So what's new over at Equity? Well, we talked about it uh, maybe a month or a couple of months ago. We've been trying to work with the carbon fiber adjustable length um, handle forks. And, and we gave Jamie one of them sometime back for her son to be able to use, you know, even as a young man, he could help out. But we're slowly introducing those into the market and the response, especially from women that are a little bit shorter, where they can adjust either the flex and fork or the shake and fork to their size anywhere. It's not two inches shorter or four inches shorter. And you can make it three quarters of an inch shorter and find absolutely that perfect spot. So it's like a telescoping... So Handle? Yep, it's a tele- telescoping handle, but it it's uh, it's not like a paint brush handle or something. It it's first of all, it's carbon fiber. It's very lightweight. It has perfect balance, and it locks very very securely. So, in fact, one of your listeners, Aubrey, she's one of the one that we sent him out, and she's been helping us out with that that locking function. Now, oh well, that's interesting. So now yeah. you now with the shaken fork because it is a mechanic or it is a uh, it has a motor in it. And it has a trigger at the end. You were able to make that so it it retracts too, so it gets smaller. Yep. Yeah. The wires the wires are able to slide in and out, and <laughs> so it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have any problem with that. And the big advantage for us, I know you have a listener, a lot of listeners in Australia. 
And Australia and other countries have shipping limitations of 42 inches. And so we're able to actually box up the powered fork and get it into a 42-inch box now and ship it overseas. So that's also an advantage. But it was mainly because we hear, heard from women that when you have a trigger in place, you can't kind of put your hand anywhere you want to or choke up on it. Right. And so if they're made for somebody that's six feet tall, they might be a little bit too long for a lady who's five foot four. And so this way here, they can put the trigger wherever it's comfortable. And, and uh, that's turned out to be a nice, a really nice um Wow, that's addition. really cool. So that's available yeah. now? Well, it's, out it's, of beta? it's not listed on the. <laughs> yeah, it's it's out of beta, but it's not listed on the website yet. I, I still have a couple little tweaks to make, and uh, but you can call me, and I can make you one personally, so I I can do that. Oh wow, that's very cool. I didn't know about that. And real quick to mention yeah. that that I know you know this, but we also make the sand sifting version. So rather than just having the tines, it has a screened basket. And so people with outdoor volleyball courts or beachfront or anything like that where you have to sift your kid's um, sandbox, it's the same product except it has a screen rather than the tines. Oh, that's interesting. And the other thing, too, is we are testing a new bedding that was sent to us, and it's chopped straw. Wow. So they take the straw and they chop it up and they put it in a bag. So you get it and uh-huh. like you would a bag of shavings, only uh-huh. the straw is about an inch to an inch and a quarter or inch and a half long after they chop it. So it, it we were thinking, well, are these forks going to work? Because uh-huh. it's a little different shape than than shavings or sawdust would be, right? right. Or, or even pellets. So right. it does work. It, it, yeah, no. and the standard time, I would guess yes, that would work. Yes, the standard time works. Fine. Yeah, it works just fine. Isn't that product in Europe? Yeah, and it's, they it, they're really pushing it here in the United States. It's coming down from Canada now. Uh, yeah, and it's a, the same company is now doing chopped hay like that. Uh-huh. So it's it's interesting. It goes a lot further. It lasts longer, and it gives you the straw feeling. Rather, It's like you're betting on straw. Uh, you wouldn't want to get them mixed up and be feeding your horse bedding and bedding them on. They won't eat the straw. Even Scooter wouldn't <laughs> eat the straw. So. <laughs> so, but it's been an interesting test for us, and we 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 really like it. We really like the oh, straw good. bedding, and and the forks have been working good with that too. Great. So, so great. all good. And and you know yep. what amazes me? Now I don't use the shaken fork. We are only cleaning two stalls a day. Uh, right. so, but I only plug it in once a month and it, you know how long we've had that thing. It's been five, six years and that anything else I've had five or six years that has a battery is dead. Uh, even the if the wonder you, of lithium ion, well, it you is, know what though, my cell phone, you get a year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is six years we, later. We did. You know, I'm a consumer just like you, and and we uh, found the most robust electronics and the most robust, high-quality lithium-ion batteries, and, and so I, I, it's not by accident, I can tell you. And it, it's fun when it's somebody like you that, you know, you talk to all the time, and five or six years go by, and you're still using the same product, and, and luckily, you know, that that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I plug it in once a month. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, wish your shaver could be plugged in once a month. <laughs> I know. I know my phone. Well, let's yeah. get our uh, panel on. What do you say? Oh, by the way, where do they go to buy it? We forgot that part. Uh, you can go to equitymfg.com, E-Q-U-I-T-E-E-M-F-G.com. Well, Joseph, we have our panel tonight. We're going to introduce them right now. He is a fiancé of Auditor Abby, and his name is Zeb. Hi, Zeb. How are you? Doing well. How y'all? Good. Uh, now, welcome, Zeb. Now, are you a horse guy? Because I see here that you're a farrier. 
Uh, yeah, so I uh, grew up uh, on a farm, and uh, my parents had all kinds of livestock uh, growing up. Uh, in my later teenage years, I uh, used to break riding horses for my father, uh, and then I transitioned into uh, horseshoeing. So you're a farrier now. How long have you been doing that? Uh, well, I'm 31 now since I was about 17. So you got to, what, another three years before your back gives out, and then you're going to have to do something else? Well, I hope we put a few more zeros in that three, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my bank account would like it anyway. Now, yeah. I heard a rumor, though, from a certain Abby, your fiancé, that when you come home, you're sick of horses, you're done, you've done your farrier duty all day, you've put up with horse women and horses, you kind of want to do something else. So do you come home and ride, or are you just done with horses at the end of the day? Uh, I like to go do something else. Um and uh, it's simply because uh, there are so many other things to do. <laughs> and I, I enjoy working with animals. That's why I became a farrier. But, uh, you know, I also keep reptiles uh, as a different type of animal. So I come home and work with them. Uh, I like uh, recreational sports of different types. So, uh, you know, I, I like to, to do something different. Um, to recharge at the end of the day. Was it a problem? Just, is it a problem when you come home and Abby wants to play with the horses? Does she ever want you involved with that? Or is she like, uh, I'd rather not have you here tomorrow? Uh, if she needs something, she asks, and I, I will uh, gladly help her with it. Um, and uh, I go to a few shows every year uh, when she's competing. and um, But mostly we, uh, she respects the fact that she goes to work and, with something other than horses and comes home, you know, at the end of the day to, to recharge. And so she does horses and she understands that, you know, when, uh, I come home, I've been working with horses all day and I want to do something different. So we find a balancing act and, and all things it, uh, isn't always balanced, but <laughs> we try. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Uh, did, I'm just dying to know, did, did you meet her, your meet Abby, while you were shoeing her horses? Uh, yes. So I was actually called in when uh, her horse had a fairly minor coffin fracture. Um, and uh, I was referred by one of the vets to deal with it. And that's actually how we met. Okay. Are there a lot of single farriers out there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are quite a few, actually, because most of us are pretty hard to get along with. <laughs> As most first women will tell you. Watch out when you got a rasp in your hand. I got to ask you though, Zeb, and why is it that horse women find farriers hot? This has been a thing for a long time. They stink, they're smelly. When you're working with uh, 2,000 degree metal, you kind of get a little hot. Ah, I get it. But you guys smell. I mean, you're smelly, you're stinky. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Hey, I agree with you 100%. (laughs) I find other farriers smell disgusting, but they seem to like it. (laughs) (laughs) Still haven't figured that one out, but it seems to be a thing. Always has been. All right, let's bring your friend. You guys are buddies, Eric, in here. Eric is married to Ashley, who's a professional three-day event rider. So you bring a little different perspective to it, too. And she also runs a training facility, right? That is correct, yes. Do you live at the facility? Yeah, we do. Uh, we live on the uh, on the farm. It's a 60-acre farm, and we have our own house on here and stuff. So, yep. She has a nice, very short commute. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, I should say. <laughs> and I've been where you are. When we, when Jennifer was full-time and professional, we lived on the farm, and we had the 100 mm-hmm. acres and the 30 horses and all that stuff. So what is, are you a horse person? Were you a horse person to start? You know, actually, I did grow up on a horse farm. Uh, my grandparents, uh, me and my grandfather, was heavily into uh, horse racing. And um, uh, he had uh, quite a few horses on his own farm that I lived on and grew up on. Uh, he would do steeplechase racing. Oh, yeah. So uh, I grew up pretty much around racehorses and thoroughbreds and everything uh, outside of Middleburg. Actually, just a couple miles outside of Middleburg, so really close. And... Um, he had a whole farm, it was huge, and he did that for the longest time. He also did uh, horse insurance and everything. So I've been around it my entire life, but I never gotten personally involved with it. I never rode, I never did any you know type of competition with it or anything. I kind of just was a guy living on the horse farm and just was not interested in horses whatsoever. <laughs> How'd you meet Ashley? Uh, I actually met Ashley through a mutual friend, um, I had a roommate that I lived with uh, a while back in Ashburn, and he was dating somebody who he's now married to. Um, we uh, actually, uh, I, I met Ashley through her because uh, Ashley just moved up from South Carolina. And uh, they were all out one evening, and my roommate and I decided to meet up with his girlfriend, and uh, they were out um, at this bar, and the rest is history. How long ago was that, Eric? That was about uh, five years ago. Five years ago to uh, August, this, this August coming up. Congratulations. Well, and if Thank you're you. going to meet and marry a horse person, better an inventor than a dressage rider. So there's... Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's that. I don't want to be sort of a blues fan. Ah, that's funny. Sorry, Dizzle. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so now, all do right. You, do you do... Yeah, go ahead. On the 60 acres, do you do, do you raise hay? Do you get involved with any part of the the... The operation, or or I I, I see you're a, you know a, a manager. Yeah, no, none whatsoever. I work in Washington D.C. and uh, that's uh, living on the horse farm is about as close as I have of any interaction with the barn or the horses. I mean, I take the trash out to the barn. That's about it, but, uh... <laughs> Eric is what we call a smart man. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Eric, though, I think you're the, I'm glad you're on here today because I think that you're the first one that we have had on actually that has that doesn't want to have anything to do with the barn. And, and now, is it that you don't want to have anything to do with it or Ashley doesn't want you to have anything to do with it? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, uh, you know, Ashley enjoys the fact that uh, I do have other things that I can do that doesn't relate to horses. So she has an opportunity to. Um, get away from it when she wants to or when she can. Um, and, uh, you know, there are other times where she does need help and I will help her or I will go to a, sh- uh, a show to support her and stuff. But uh, for the most part, you know, if I'm sticking around the barn, it kind of gets to the point where I get the look of, uh, all right, well, what are you doing around here? I'm kind of busy. So uh, <laughs> <all> along <laughs> and I'm like, Right. No problem. I'm glad I got the okay from you. I'm out. <laughs> I imagine you still get, yeah, get hay here. in your laundry, huh? Uh, uh, well, actually, the, uh, we used to. Uh, one of the property we lived on before, you know, we had one washer and dryer, so everything was, all the laundry was used for everything. Now, this time, we have a washer and dryer in the barn. There's a washer and dryer in our house. Oh so I make sure to keep that separate because I don't want to find any hay or horse hair in my clothes. <laughs> especially especially no, going to work in D.C. 
Zeb can't no say fun. that. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Zeb. <laughs> Zeb has hair Welcome everywhere. Welcome for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Welcome for the rest of your life. <laughs> All right, guys. Are you ready to handle some questions sent in by the listeners? Sure. And these are interesting, too. There's, there's some good ones in this batch. Denise asks, ask them what the dumbest horse mistake they ever made was. And I, I think I can probably, I'll get started here so you, have to, you guys have time to think. The, you know, I think with me, I couldn't list them all. I've made so many stupid mistakes with horses. and, and But I think if I was going to categorize it, I would say I had a period, and every horse husband, I think, goes through this at some point, where you think you know more than your horsey wife especially if you're getting involved a little bit and I owned a horse and I thought I knew more about running the barn and feeding hay and all that stuff at some point when you're young and stupid. Now I don't, I just defer to everything. Uh, but I had that period of a couple of years in there and that was probably the most trying time we ever had as a married couple. Uh, and that was, so it wasn't one dumb thing. It was a couple of three years of dumb. <laughs> so uh, I think that was my dumbest mistake. I think it's an ongoing problem, Glenn, because I'm I'm 20 years into it, and we have a new colt here, and yesterday it was my job to put on the fly mask. Well, I didn't notice, but my wife did at the end of the day that I'd put the fly mask on upside down, and the ears were going through the mouth hole, and the muzzle was squeezed <laughs> into the ear hole. So <laughs> she waited until dinner to tell me that, and it didn't look funny to me, but she noticed it right away. So, yep, even as little as yesterday, I was doing dumb things. Yeah. They, the full saw him coming and said, oh, here comes dumbass again. Oh, <laughs> it, it was pretty funny, but the dumbest mistake was trying to ride two days after a hernia operation. That oh, that was pretty the dumb. dumbest mistake. Yeah, that would have yeah. been dumb. I get it. Zep, what about you? And you've been around horses, so I don't even know if you have more than one. Yeah, I, uh, it would. T- honestly, we take all night to, uh, <laughs> to do all of them, as uh, I'm sure you guys know, being with... Uh, you know, in the industry for so long. But I would have to say the the first one that popped into my head was trying to stand up to a red-headed mare. Ah, mm. there you go. Yeah. Was that <laughs> two-legged or well. four-legged? Broken bones. <laughs> two-legged or uh, four-legged? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> was that, was that uh, Ashley's mare? Uh, no, but no. it actually was one of her clients. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, you're not, uh, not thinking at the time you're kind of at the middle of it and, uh, you just kind of tell them to, to stand up and behave themselves. And they remind you that they outweigh you by about six times as much as you do. And, uh, they win always. Yeah. yeah. Was there broken bones involved? I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, she separated my radius and my ulna. She cow kicked. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. That hurts. Um, uh, technically, they didn't break, but uh, yeah, it hurt. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. Have you ever done anything dumb with Abby's horses that she's called John? Um, I once gave her a riding lesson. That was a lapse in judgment. Yeah, you never do. <laughs> you never do that with your spouse. <laughs> I took a couple from mine, and that didn't uh, go well. Uh, no, I, I would have to say the, uh, the dumbest thing I would have to say with, uh, horse girls and horses combined was, uh, one time this gal was really upset about how, uh, uh, you know, a show had turned out and just the general 
and my uh, first response was to tell her to to just take it easy. Oh, you'd never do that. <laughs> nope, no, nope, that's a big mistake. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky you're, you're lucky you didn't get cow kicked by her <laughs> yeah I, i'm pretty quick when i want to be i'm not fast but i'm quick i ran <laughs> i'm not gonna lie eric now you don't have much involvement can you answer this question i, I sort of can yeah um i would say probably the only thing that i i saw i was stupid that i did was i i put the halter on wrong i just couldn't figure out save my life um you know ashley asked me one time to take one of the horses out to the paddock and i for the life of me just couldn't get the damn thing on it and i said <laughs> I, I can't do this and then uh another time was trying to put a blanket on and uh that was frustrating as well because it kept walking away and you know and then she comes over here and two seconds later it's on i'm like i just i just need to stay away I love the way your ignorance is on really small levels and it keeps you insulated from getting more involved. You've got it really well planned out. Yeah, he plays dumb really well. It's called a mastery of years and years of just, you know, getting used to the fact like this is going to be the rest of my life. So I better quickly figure out a plan to kind of get out of things a lot quicker. There you go. <laughs> Playing dumb always works. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I find frustrating with the blankets, and it drives me insane, is those little hook hook closures where you have to stick a little oh, thing. Oh, I can't, I can't stand it. Yeah, you got to get it underneath the belly, and you got to snap. It's just, it's so irritating. I cannot get like, those to go it? in. I finally get so frustrated. Yeah. I say, Jennifer, you do it. She laughs because you know, she doesn't like that. But yeah, I cannot get those yep. things to work. And then the horse rolls on it and closes it up just a little tiny bit, (laughs) and they just won't open or go in. I agree with you. That's so true. Then you got a piece of manure that's on there, and you got to use your hands. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, have you ever cleaned a stall? I have, yes. I have cleaned a stall, yeah. Just checking. How about this? This was a good one for Avery. We've never had in all the years. We've been doing Horse Husband episodes for nine years now. We've never had this. Uh, Avery wants to know, what's our favorite barn tool or implement? If we had a favorite, uh, what would it be? And Zeb, I'd be interested to know yours. You're a farrier. Do you have a favorite tool? A broom. Oh, really? Very underused (laughs) implement. (laughs) At most of the barns you visit? (laughs) Especially by working students. It's almost like they can't comprehend how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Zev, I'm going to have to have you back to give everybody... You're going to give uh, the top 10 lessons that the farrier wants everybody to know. The clients to know. And we're going to have to have you back for that. Eric, do you you play around at the farm? Do you have a tool you like? A toy or anything? I do. Yeah? My my favorite's the uh, hammer drill. Oh, those are that's fun. pretty useful. Yeah, those are I love hammer too. drills. Just right in and right out. Yep. Yeah, and, and this is useful in a barn because yeah, a lot of a lot of fence boards come down, and being able to use that is pretty helpful and pretty quick. I got it. Yeah, and then plus, there's a thousand holes in the wall right now, just because. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, do you you have a lot of toys at your place? What do you What do you like the best? Yeah, and you're you're gonna know what I'm gonna tell you, but but the the shaken fork I invented ten years ago, the carbon fiber version of it, it it's a little bit like a, a movie a movie star watching a movie ten years later and you kinda of forget all of the lines he had to learn. 
you just you just use the product and that particular product and how it works and how it feels and its balance and function it's it's so much more than the sum of its parts that I'm just amazed that anybody invented that regardless of whether I did it just works so well but I wanted to I wanted to go into your thing about a broom you know what the answer to that is a leaf blower yeah but because a lot I found of it, the horses yeah a lot of barns oh. won't, won't allow it they, they, oh, is that yeah, little electric uh, leaf blower? Boy, I just love it. Yeah, they're, they're great yeah, if you uh, turn the horses out before you clean, but you can't use them in the mornings. Or a lot of the barns, especially these thoroughbreds, they just go nuts. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I've, that, I guess you can mark that as a, a, a stupid mistake I've done. I've done the leaf blower in the barn with horses in there, and, and it didn't go well. <laughs> Uh, it didn't go bad necessarily, but it was. I was told to never do it again. Yeah, <laughs> we all know well, how we're told get away with it here. <laughs> yeah, we all know how we're told. Well, yeah. Eric, we've all been told that before. <laughs> uh, absolutely, this is just part of my master plan to just you know. I'm sorry, I played dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she's not listening to this, so you're safe. Uh, right. You know, I think mine, you know, Joseph, of course, I have to agree with you. I love my shake and fork and, and use it. But uh, the other one I had was when we had our big farm, sort of that one like you're in, Eric, we had a big yep. Oliver 770 tractor. And I got to tell you, it was a big tractor. And I got to tell you, yeah. we had so much fun playing with that tractor. <laughs> Didn't have fun playing with sure. that tractor. That just made me feel like a man being on that tractor. <laughs> yeah. It's a guy thing, I guess. You could pull anything. You could get anything out of the mud. You could do anything you wanted with that tractor. And that Oliver has a really nice exhaust note, too. Yes, it does. It, it sounds it like a tractor. It is a very manly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's very right. manly tractor. <laughs> it did. My, I got a funny story. Uh, my brothers, or my brother-in-laws, Jennifer's brothers, were are kind of on the wild side. And they actually got the thing stuck between two trees one day. They were out trying to pull. I don't know what they were doing in the woods, but they actually got it stuck where it wouldn't move between two trees. We had to cut one of the trees down to get the tractor out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Allison wants to know the top things you'd warn a new horse boyfriend about. So your friend, yeah, you know, your, let's say Ashley's friend has a new boyfriend. What's your first warning that you're going to give that new boyfriend, Eric? Uh, be ready to get up extremely early to go to a horse show, to stand there for eight hours in the hot sun, carrying water buckets doing anything that they tell you to do. Welcome to hell. <laughs> <laughs> way, to, oh, way to sell that's it, a, Eric. <laughs> that's the second date, Eric. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sorry>. Zeb. <laughs> All right. So just to clarify, is he a friend that I like or one of those friends? Uh, he's a friend you like, and you really don't want to make a mistake. Run. <laughs> yeah, but he likes her. He thinks she's hot. You know, she looks really good in those breeches. Uh, honestly, I would. Uh, I'd reiterate part of Eric's is be ready to work. Yeah, because be it's not so much even the physical stuff, but honestly, one of the biggest things that your job is going to be is when it doesn't go right, and it doesn't matter what happened in your day or how bad your week was. If they don't do well at that show you better be ready to pour it on. And if you're not willing to do that, you just might as well hang up your spurs. Yeah. yeah. Joseph? 
Oh, I'd be easy for me. I'd make sure to tell them that dating and marriage to a horse girl are completely different. In what way? What, what you're getting is well, it's what you're getting is just a, a a small little part of of the depth of a horsewoman. And when they're dating with you, they're making the time for you, and they're smelling nice for you, and they're they're and so on and so on. But once you're married to them, and they're back to to the to their first passion, then oh, bingo! You're see what yeah, you're going to see what the real horse girl is is all about. Totally. You know what I'd warn them? I would warn them that you can never, ever, ever plan on being on time for anything ever again. Because feeding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, weekend barbecues. Right. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, and, yeah I, I agree. You want to go to the beach for the weekend? Don't think so. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Horses are first. Horses are first. That's right. All right. You guys have both been to the show, so this is a perfect one. Uh, uh, Alicia asks, uh, your pet peeves encountered at horse shows. And I'll start this while you think about it. Pet peeves encountered at horse shows. You already said one of them, getting up on a godly hour at three in the morning to drive there. And then when you get there, your... Your girlfriend or your wife's test isn't till four in the afternoon, but you're still there at nine o'clock in the morning. Or they have a student set at nine o'clock in the morning and the other test is at four. So you're there the whole freaking day because one start, one is nine and one is four and you have to sit through all of them. Just that's mine. Joseph, any? Oh, I, mine are, are much more to do with, with how horses treated at horse shows where, where a horse is being ridden hollow with the reins held high in the air and it'll be walking in the front or trotting in the hind or a horse getting disciplined for doing exactly what the rider is unintentionally asking it to do. Or my big peeve is when a condition is yelling at a young rider, making him cry in public out of frustration because they don't understand the inscrutable commands they're being asked to perform. And I just, it just bothers me so much that, that people will stand up, won't stand up to being treated badly at horse shows or horses that are being treated badly and nobody says anything. And it's almost the reason I don't do shows anymore because I have such a hard time with, with, with that. Have you been escorted out of a few of them? <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the person to go to, to horse shows with. I mean, I love, absolutely love a beautifully ridden horse and a and a beautiful performance, whether it's dressage or three day or anything. It's it's absolutely breathtaking when and everything is is done in harmony. But when when people are going after the the prize rather than the well being of the horse, it's it's very frustrating. And at high level, it's one thing, but when you go to these low level shows, especially with young riders, boy, it's it's pretty um it's tough to to stand by. That's my pet peeve. Zeb. So I have to say, my pet peeve is horse show mothers. <laughs> um, and mm. not so much the mothers themselves, but how they're treated. Um, everybody knows the exact you know the the that annoying horse show mother that is pushing their kids for. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about that entitled little brat that is running around giving her mother's orders for get me this, get me that, get me this other thing. And you're just sitting there and you're watching it and you're going, you know what? She's putting the bill for this. She's putting up with you. And damn, I wish she would just. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Um, but yeah, that that's gotta be gotta be my biggest pet peeve is just seeing these entitled kids run around and treat their, especially the mothers, because let's face it, the fathers are usually off playing golf. Uh, I'm just dying to and, know if you have uh, kids yet. And <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that would have to be mine. So uh, uh, Eric, I'm interested to hear yours. All right, mine is my my pet peeve is. Um, watching dressage and only because I just don't know what the hell is going on in that room. Nor do they. Nor do they. Yeah. And the worst thing is when I'm the biggest pet peeve is when I'm standing next to someone and they go after the test is gone, they go, man, what a great test. That was, that was so good. And did you see that trial? I'm like, how the hell do you know? Like, (laughs) how do you figure this out? I just look at them like, what are you talking about? You really honestly know? And it just drives me nuts because they're like, how do they know this stuff so well or think they know? And I'm sitting over there just trying to figure out why they keep going from a trot to a walk to whatever, going in circles, what I think it is. I, I have the and, exact same experience. I asked my yeah. wife, why is it that they just ride around in circles? Right. <laughs> Eric, do you so get nervous my, when she's on cross country? You know, I did. When we first started dating, I did get nervous uh, when she rode uh, cross country. And I um, I had sometimes a tough time watching. Um, but as it went on and seeing how much, you know, passion she had riding and how good she was, it, you know, it just became second nature. I was like, I know I'm not, I just don't have to worry. That or I just completely blocking my memory and just don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but mainly I, I used to, but I, I don't as much anymore. Now, when she gets in the higher levels, like when she does the two star or even the three star, then it's kind of like, all right, uh, that jump is almost as tall as me. And you're riding it on an animal that is just riding for its life. <laughs> mm. That gets a little nervous. So, uh, so I do, I, I guess I could say I get nervous at those, the bigger shows that she does. Uh, the smaller shows, you know, not so much, but the bigger shows, yeah, it, it, it'll keep you up at night. What level is Ashley riding to at this point? Uh, two star. Two star. Well, that's a big show. Those yeah, jumps intermediate, are big. Yeah, two star. Yeah, those, yes, are, they those are jumps big. are getting up there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. That's scary territory. Uh, so, so I have, uh, a couple, we'll do, we have time for a couple more. Um, let's see here. (laughs) This is Avery asked this one and I know Avery single. And by the way, the guys, the question we got most often is how do we meet a nice, uh, nice guy? For all the single ones, wanted to know how we meet a nice guy, and and I don't know that we can help them with that here. Uh, That's too long a a subject. But Avery wanted to know how how to date a non-horsey guy without scaring them off or giving up important horse time. So she wants everything. She wants to have all her horse time, still have a a non-horsey guy, and have him happy. I don't know. You're pushing the line there, Avery. You're going to have to compromise a little bit, I think. Any thoughts? I guess I'm the best one to answer this for right now. Maybe um, it's all about balance. Um, my wife lets me go golfing and tennis. She doesn't uh, make me feel bad for missing a show just because I'm going out with my buddies. She lets me, I guess, have my space. Um, and I let her do her thing. I understand there's times where she won't get done till seven o'clock at night, seven thirty. That's fine. I play video games or whatever, watch some TV until she gets home. And, you know, 
if it's just during the week or whatever, I think it's just all about how you balance things and balance your time. Because if you're just solely consumed by horses and giving little time to the relationship, that can get a little tough. So we have a really good uh, aspect of keeping each other in check on what we do and letting each other, you know, have our own fun um, amongst ourselves, uh, even if we're not together. Anybody else? Well, I think the big key is you don't want to tell them you're into horses on the first date. (laughs) (laughs) Give it, give it, give it a little time to simmer. And, um, I mean, horse women are, are different and, and very special and it takes a unique guy to appreciate those qualities. And, and it might take a little while before that happens, but there, the man will be out there that will accept the way you are. And, and, uh, and if he won't ditch him and, and find the one that will. So maybe do tell him on the first date. That way you don't have to waste going to a second date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's really yeah. hot, right? <laughs> yeah, it depends how good looking he is and how desperate you are. Yeah. I think the, those right, two go right, together. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Zeb's keeping his mouth shut. He's not married yet. He's just a fiance. Uh, so well, uh, no, I, honestly, I would have to agree with Eric. I mean, I've uh, you know been in the world for basically my whole life, and it really is about mutual respect and balance because I've been in relationships where it was always about the horses and, you know, you were damned if you did, damned if you didn't, if you wanted to do anything else. And, you know, those will never work out. Um, If you have to understand that horses are your thing and if you want to meet someone outside of the horse world, you have to accept that horses aren't their thing, and you can't make horses their thing. Uh, you have to make their thing yours, and if, you know, you do that, then, you know, they have to reciprocate. And if they don't, then that's your, your telltale sign that, you know, this, this isn't going to work out. I'm so glad you said yep. that. I really am, because I'm going to bust on the horse women here a little bit. There are those women, and we've all met them, especially you, Zeb, where horses are their life, and they're not compromising, period. You have to compromise. You have to just, yep. you know, the horses come first, second, third, and fourth, and you're about number five. Well, I'm sorry, you're never going to have a terrific relationship with a guy. It's just, it's you. there has to be compromise in any relationship to make it any period of time on all fronts. It's not just he has to compromise. You've got to compromise a little, too. You've got to take some time away from the horses and do some other things. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that drives me crazy a little bit, too. That's kind of a soapbox of mine. Now, my wife was pretty good about that. She did. She realized that I needed some non-horse time. And so we would do other things, whether it was movies or dinner or going on vacation that didn't involve horses, whatever it was. But I mean, Zeb, you must, you probably see that all the time. And then they whine to you because they always whine to the farrier. Uh, you know, their whole lives that, that oh, they yeah. don't have a guy and they're We're wondering. Also counselors. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, yeah. But we don't get paid. So I don't know how that works. <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't charge a counseling fee. It, it, it's very aggravating. You can, you can be the first farrier therapist. That's right. <laughs> In the horse industry. Well, how how many do you see those women that are single and you know are always going to be single because of that? Oh, all the time. Uh, I, I could I could list a few off my head, but then uh, I, I would be. Yeah, we don't want to do that on the show. Name <laughs> <laughs> names. But no, it, it really is. Uh, you know, just as you said, they there there's no compromise. It's always their number one and their first. 
And, you know, if you want to be a top-level athlete, that's part of that mindset. But you can't also want a relationship if you want that. Because I, I got it. Uh, it, it goes both ways, though. It you got to keep in mind. There's a lot of males, alpha males out there that don't want to give fifty percent. They they want to oh, give ten percent and and have the woman be be ninety percent. Well, and I, I have those guys that, are not going to be with horse women. <laughs> th- they're not. <laughs> no. And 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 most horse women, it's it seems to me that if you'll meet them halfway, you're going to have a better relationship because of it. Oh, Just I because think, a lot of guys think won't ha- allow. I think it's seventy thirty. I think we're meeting them seventy okay, percent of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's that's <laughs> yeah, true, or eighty twenty, or yeah, something. exactly. Can you get them to bend 50. just a little bit, take the victory, and go home, boys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love it. What time for uh, <laughs> time for one more? And this Joseph actually uh, could probably chip in a little bit on this one, and 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 I ha- I can argue both ways. So I'll ask it, and then I'll do, do both my arguments. If I was in court, I could be a lawyer on either side. Do you want to do a vacation? So vacations, when you go on vacation, do they involve horses or do you put your foot down and say no horses on this vacation? So in my, we do both. We do non-horse vacations and then we do vacations that involve horses, but we discuss it ahead of time and I'll say, look. You know, I talk about horses all day, every day here. You, you know, we have our horses here at the farm. I need a break. I want to be away from horses. So this last vacation, we did a cruise, seven days, didn't see a horse. It was beautiful. But the next one we're taking, we are going to do some horse stuff. So there is that compromise there. But we do take vacations without any horse contact whatsoever. So I'm going to – well, Joseph, you want to talk to that a little bit? Because you actually run a vacation place. I do, and and first off, I I can't I can't recall having a non-horse vacation. I, I don't want to say ever, but it's been a very long time. Horses are so big a part of my wife's life that horses are part of it, and because of that, I I started a, a website called RideInPortugal.com with a company called Morgado Lusitano, and I actually enable both women who ride to go over and ride very very high level classical horses. And since probably nine out of 10 of the, of the people that book are women, any kind of a, of a good venue has to be able to account for the fact that the men don't ride. And so when I talk to people that are going, especially if the husband um, is, is not a rider, I, I tell them that if the wife is happy on the vacation, that you're going to be the recipient of the joy. So, Pick a horse venue that really has really high quality horses. Spend a bit more on better food, a better room. Arrive a day or two early so that you can adjust to the time change if you're going overseas, like going to Portugal. Plus, you get to relax together outside of the horse environment, especially if it's a nearby city. Um, I would make sure the place has a staff that can help arrange for other activities. And you mentioned a couple of them, golfing. Uh, wine tasting, sightseeing, um, cars, aviation, other things that the husband can do, especially uh, if there's access to good ground transportation because you don't want to have to pay a $100 taxi ride to get anywhere. Um, But the biggest thing I found is a lot of horse husbands have never been on a really highly trained horse. And if he can experience a low-level horse ride on a high-level horse 
where you get to do perhaps a flying change, something that is so unexpected for a low-level rider, you might get to experience something together that'll make both of you grow more appreciative of the horses. And you got to keep in mind that if your spice ra- spouse uh, rides a horse for two lessons a day, you have 20 other hours to spend together. And if she's happy, you're going to be happy. That's my advice. Zeb, have you... Well uh, have you? All right, I've got to ask, which one of them paid you? <laughs> <laughs> well, MorgadoLusitano.com, that's the, the website that I do. I've been doing it for more than 10 years, and I've probably sent 500 people over. And th- those are just the salient points, is, is it's really important to have a, a quality vacation for both people. And, and it is possible, but it usually costs a little more. Zeb, yes or no on the horses on vacation? Uh, a 100% no. Um, <laughs> and it's just because by the time, if I get, I've gone years without vacations before, just because of how our work schedule goes, because you're going back from Florida and, you know, then in the summers in Virginia, it's just your workload can fluctuate dramatically. So when we get time off, um, I, honestly, it's just relaxation time. And it, and then if I get bored, we'll find something that mutually interests us to go do um, when we're on the vacation. But uh, honestly, it, I, it really, by the, by the time I'll actually schedule the time in my, you know, my book to take time off, I need to leave horses behind because especially with mine, I deal primarily with three-day eventers, and it, uh, it's a pretty stressful run. You know, you, you get to the big competitions, you get to, to Rolex and uh, these competitions like that, Fair Hill, and once you're done with them, you get the horses through, you need a breather and you need to go away. <laughs> and my clients want me to because they want me coming back fresh on top of my game and ready to go and keep their horses going. What's your favorite vacation outside of horses? I'm I'm really curious to know. Uh, honestly, my my favorite place to go is Belize. Uh huh. Well, that's not too shabby. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's really easy to get down there. It's not super expensive once you're there. The economy is tied into the U.S. at two to one. Uh, so it's really fun. You get down there. Uh, you go to the bank and you give them a hundred dollars. They give you two hundred dollars. Um, and uh. So it, it's a lot of fun down there, and everyone speaks uh, the main, uh, like the official language is English, because uh, it was an English colony, and uh, the people love you down there, because you're a tourist, you're down there to buy their goods and pay them to make you food, and that's more than they can make fishing or doing their jobs, so they appreciate that you come down and, you know, spend the money that you make doing uh, whatever your job is up here. And so it's just a very pleasant experience down there. Uh, I found that with most of the Caribbean. Um, to, you know, the people are just, they love it when you come down. They're very friendly, and they make fantastic food. <laughs> and that's all of our priorities. Eric, uh, Eric, what about you? I'm interested to know the non-horse guy. I'm assuming non-horse vacations. Well, you know, I'd love to say 100% like Zeb, but I'm probably right at 95% actually. And that's just because every year 
my in-laws get my wife and I tickets to Rolex every year and we go every year. Uh, now this I actually don't mind because, um, first off I enjoy the hell and respect the hell out of all the riders that ride on Rolex. I mean, that's just a one hell of an accomplishment and B it's damn, those jumps are big. And, um, it's, it's actually very entertaining to see, you know, what these, uh, riders are truly capable of doing. And it also scares the hell out of me that one day, you know, my wife wants to do that. So, um, it gets me a, a early uh, prep work if she ever, uh, whenever she gets to that point uh, of, of watching that uh, show. So that's probably as far as a vacation, uh, since we got to drive eight hours there. Uh, we leave usually on a Thursday and stay till Monday of uh, watching horse related stuff on vacation for me. Outside of that, any other vacation, we usually go to like Jamaica or Antigua, you know, or, you know, do those uh, all inclusive vacations and there's no horses, none. Like it's, that's, uh, that's, that's the big, that's the big, uh, once a year trip that we do and that involves no horses whatsoever. Got it. And I, you know, I almost don't even think about Rolex anymore because I, for us, going to Rolex now is work because we do shows there. So I don't even think right. about it as vacation. You know, I, I don't even think about other people going there as vacation. You know, it's just, that's been out yeah, of my mind. Yeah. And that's so true. And just pe- for people like me, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, uh, I've been to shows before, but, you know, I like doing the Land Rover test drive and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. So you'll see me pretty much doing that most of the time. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got to—I got to tell you though, Eric. We've always wanted to do this, and Timothy and I were going to do this one year. We've always wanted to rent one of the big tents, right? That instead of having stuff in it for sale that our wives can spend lots of money on, we always wanted mm-hmm. to have the man cave. So we have mm-hmm. a bunch of TVs set up in there. We've got the beer. We've got the bar. We, you know, we have maybe a put, little putting thing in there. Uh, we have we have darts and stuff like that. So we have the man cave. We charge like $10 or $20 cover charge, I think we'd fill the place. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I th- I, I'd be your first customer. See? There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> See, we should all get together yeah, and run I mean, this I'm next going, year. I'm, put, I'm putting on the putting green, drinking beer. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We have maybe, you know, something up that we have a bookie in there to take our bets. Uh, not on horse races, oh, yeah. though, because that's horses. So we have some football <laughs> going on, whatever. You know, I just think that would be, I think it'd be so popular. I really do. Absolutely. I, I agree. Be standing room only. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate you stopping by. And thank you to to your fiance and to your wife for recommending you. And I, I hope that uh, you had a little fun talking to other horse guys about uh horse husband stuff yeah thanks for having us on and uh, i really appreciate it and hopefully we can do this again sometime sounds good by the way when's the wedding there zeb uh september oh there is a date okay good i was just checking oh yes Uh, no it's uh i'm almost out of running space (laughs) september is only two months away (laughs) you still zeb you still have time (laughs) <laughs> there, there's never there's not enough distance and there's not enough time they find you you already found this out Eric don't even try to be tough <laughs> I know I know thanks guys talk to you soon life. thank you you Take guys care. thanks bye 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 <laughs> all right there jo- there we go Joseph we covered a lot of territory today yeah that was that was um 
that was fascinating. The the the, the alpha male and the vigor on, <laughs> on some of the answers. I I was really surprised by the farrier. <clears throat> well, and you, you know, know what? There were two different, completely different people there too, which is interesting. I know we had the it farrier, was great. All day, every day horses, and then we had Eric. <laughs> nothing to do with them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it was it was great, especially the the last question. We were all so different. Yes. On it. Me <laughs> yes. that I'm totally involved with with trying to enable and the farrier guy who's just sick of horses and I get it. I could see why he wouldn't want to be around him anymore. And the other one is, yeah, I'll go on a horse vacation deal. I mean, it was great. Yeah, it was really good. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much, Joseph, for filling in. Uh, tell everybody again where they can find your products. Oh, you can find uh, our Shake and Fork and Flex and Fork at equitymfg.com. And uh, don't forget to spay, neuter, and geld. Well, I can't do that yet. I was also going to – you ran by it real quick. But if anybody is interested in the vacation in Portugal, uh, riding oh. some really, really well-trained horses, uh, where, do, where do they go? I missed that. Yeah, if you'd like to try out some horses that have some uh, Lipizzan-type abilities, you can go to rideinportugal.com. Com. And uh, you can find my contact information there, and I can give you any additional information you need. And isn't Portugal over by, where's Portugal again? It's over by... Uh, well, it's on the bottom leg of, of near Spain, Spain, bottom leg yeah, of Spain, right, and yeah. uh, you'd be flying into, oh, brain fart, sorry, cut, uh, Lisbon. You'd be flying into Lisbon. All right, flying into Lisbon. Very good. Well, thank you, Joseph. I really appreciate you being here. And everybody will be back tomorrow. Jamie will be here. It's Friday, so think about really bad ads because you got to get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Still everybody's favorite thing. And it is the end of the month, so we'll be picking our winner for the prizes. And the prizes this month include a box of crap from my closet. So it's everybody's <laughs> coveted prize. And uh, we'll be doing that tomorrow on the show. So definitely stop by and join us tomorrow and get your ads in. You still have today to do that to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Remember, if you record them and send them in yourself, you get double the entries into the pot for the prizes. All right, Joseph, now say it. All right, don't forget to spay, neuter, and geld. <laughs>